0: Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it into the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast, or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night.
1: Ah! Confound Him! Why is it always this way with Him? Just when you think you know Him, who He is and what He's about, He turns the tables on you. He does the last thing in the world you'd expect. He turns you inside out, exposing everything. Do you hear them? Do you hear what they're shouting in the streets? Crucify him. Crucify him. Is that how this is going to end? Is is that what I've done? How did this happen? And what's what's to become of me now? Where do I go? What do I do? It's it's all happening too fast. I need to slow down. I need to think. I need a plan. This place, this room. It's the only safe place in Jerusalem for me right now. Not for long, perhaps. As soon as they figure out what's happened, they'll, what I've done, they'll come looking for me. Or maybe they won't. Maybe after what I've done, no one will come looking for me. I need to think. Is that why you're here? Is that why you've come to this place, to this room, to try and make sense out of what's happening in Jerusalem these days? Yes, this is the place, right here, this very table. Yeah, this is where they were last night, Jesus, the twelve. Yes, I was there. I was one of them. I, I was one of them. Truly, I believed for a time, and it was good for a time. something happened along the way, something turned on the inside I don't know when exactly, it it wasn't all at once and how it came to this, how I came to this, I don't know and what to do now I need to think I remember the early days back in Galilee, those were good days Jesus had been roaming the north country, teaching in the towns and villages, performing signs and wonders, they said. Word drifted down to Judea, to Kerioth, where I'm from. I didn't take it seriously at first. You know those Galileans, they're a bit backward, prone to hysteria, and gullible as the day is long. But when I heard he was talking about a kingdom, that he was standing up to the authorities, he wasn't just playing nice. It got my attention. Like many of my generation, I am named for Judas Maccabeus, that great leader of old, a rebel. He wasn't afraid to to stand up against our oppressors. He wasn't afraid to fight for our country, for our dignity. And like many of our generation, I'm tired of Rome's oppression, the humiliation of our people, the occupation of our land. And like many, I'm tired of our leaders' ineptitude. The Pharisees quarreling over the law while our people lose hope, the Sadducees sidling up to Rome to protect their own interests the Sanhedrin, the whole bunch of them, a bunch of weak old men without courage or vision. No, if things are going to change, we're going to have to do it. We, the people, have to rise up and take them by storm. But who will lead us? Who who will call us to action? I'm ready. I'm ready to follow. I was ready to fight. And so when I heard that, that there was a stirring in Galilee, that this Jesus might be the one. I headed north to see for myself. He, he wasn't hard to find. everyone was talking about him. He already had a following: fishermen, mostly peasants, naive, unsophisticated, pious dreamers, most of them. They wouldn't have known a revolution if it snuck up and bit them in the hindquarters. but they're an excitable bunch, those Galileans. I'll give you that. And Jesus gave them something to be excited about. The time has come, he said. The kingdom is at hand. It was about time we heard that kind of language. Turn, he said, and believe the good news. Turn. Turn to who? Turn to God? Was God about to act after all this time? Good news it had been a long time since we'd heard good news in Israel but Jesus brought it release for the captives recovery of sight for the blind he said food for the hungry the year of God's favor but with Jesus it wasn't just talk he he put it into action he had power and strength i saw it with my own eyes sick people were made well possessed people delivered with a word time and time again we we looked at each other whispering who is this we dared not say what we were thinking whoever he was i wanted to be close to him i wanted to be on the inside if a revolution was about to happen, I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to taste the power and the glory of a better day. Now I wasn't a Galilean, so I would have to work my way in, but I did. And so when he, when he named his men, he chose 12. And I was one of them. He chose me. He chose me. Was it, was it my zeal that he saw I was hungry, I was ready for a fight or maybe it was my skills I'm good with numbers, with money, with people I understand how the system works here in Judea, I can make things happen whatever it was he, he chose me and I was determined to be worthy of that trust like the others, I left everything to follow him we, we spent all our days with him The 12 of us, Jesus, and a band of women who traveled along with us. We hung on his every word. And his words were so powerful. Blessed are the poor, he said, for theirs is the kingdom. Finally, someone speaking up for the common man, for the poor and the downtrodden. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he said. That's me. That's what I want. I want to see things put right. But we weren't the only ones hanging on his words. People came from everywhere by the hundreds, by the thousands sometimes, to hear him speak. It didn't take long for the the religious authorities to take notice. They sent spies up from Jerusalem to, to keep an eye on things, to challenge him. Who do you think you are, Jesus? By what authority do you do these things? It didn't faze him. He shut them down with a word, with a miracle. What could they say when the lame were walking and the blind were seeing? What could they do when the people were rallying to his side? Those were good days. Good things were happening, not just in Galilee, but But in me, I've always had this this darkness inside of me. This tendency to see everything that's wrong with everyone, with everything. To expect the worst from the world. And often I bring the worst on myself and those around me. But Jesus, he saw something in me, something good. He called it out of me. He opened my eyes to to see what was good and possible in this world, to to see who I could be in company with him and his people. I began to believe in him, that he he was the one, that better days were ahead. And he began to believe in me, it seemed. He, He put me in charge of the money, the treasury. He trusted me. And I was eager to be worthy of that trust, to be the one he was calling me to be. Maybe He's done that for you. Maybe that's why you're here. He does that for people. He he awakens hope and promise where there was none. He helps us see better days. If that's what He's done for you, my friend, then hold on to it. Guard your heart. Because the darkness, the darkness has a way of creeping back in. All along, I suppose, there were things that bothered me things I didn't understand. Like why he was always telling us to, to keep it quiet. He performed some miracle, a, a healing, a, 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 a deliverance. And then he'd tell the person, don't tell anyone, be quiet. Why? Why couldn't we spread the word? And some of the things he said, they were, just, they were hard for me to accept. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." The meek. Since when do the meek inherit anything? Love your enemies, he said. Do good to those who hate you. Did he really mean that? People who harm you, who are against you, love them? Did he really expect us to do that? If someone forces you to go one mile, go with them too, he said. If someone kisses you on the right cheek, did I strikes if, if someone strikes you on the right cheek turn to him the other also he said did he really expect us to live that way still still I was I was hopeful the movement was gaining strength The crowds were getting larger and and more unruly. The authorities were getting more and more anxious. I could tell they were always lurking in the shadows, watching everything, whispering, plotting, I know. That's good. We had their attention. Any moment now, it would be time for us to make our move. And one day, the opportunity came. We, We were out in the hills outside of Galilee. Jesus had been teaching all day. There was a great crowd. Thousands there had to be. But but it was the end of the day, it was getting late, the people were hungry and restless. It was about to get ugly. Send them away, we told Jesus. We can't feed all these people. As usual, Jesus had a different idea. I, I still can't explain how it happened, but suddenly there was food everywhere. Piles of food. Baskets full of bread he had us distributed among the crowd, we gave it out, there was enough for everybody there was more than enough, it was a miracle we were like heroes handing out that bread, and Jesus Well, well, he was was like Moses bringing man in the wilderness, only this was better we had fish and that's when it began, this, this stirring in the crowd, you could hear it across the hillsides, they began calling his name chanting his name. They were ready to make him king right then, right there. They would have followed him anywhere. They would have marched all the way to Jerusalem if he had asked them to. But he didn't. He didn't. When he saw what was happening, he, he shut it down. He told the people to scatter and go home. He, he, he made us pack up our things, get in the boat. He shoved us to the other side of the, of the lake, and then, then he disappeared into the hills. What was he doing? This was his moment. It was time to act. It was time to seize the momentum and to make our move. It was like he didn't want it. It bothered me. The next day we regrouped on the other side of the lake. Jesus caught up with us and soon the crowd was gathering again and Jesus was teaching again. But he was saying strange things now. Speaking about spiritual bread. Uh, giving his life for the world. What was he doing? Just yesterday, they were ready to follow him anywhere. But now they're confused and distracted. No one's interested in spiritual bread. Our nation doesn't need another martyr. We need real bread. We need a leader who's not afraid to win. People began turning away. I could see it happening. Just shaking their heads and turning and walking for home. By the end of the day, it was obvious. He turned to us. He said, he said, what about you? Will you leave too? There was a pause. Then Peter spoke up. He was always the first to speak up. Lord, he said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God the others, nodded in agreement around the circle. But not me. I I didn't. I I couldn't. I I just wasn't convinced anymore. Jesus knew, I think. He, He always knew what was in a person's heart. Something turned in me that day. What, 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 what felt like belief now felt like doubt. The things that intrigued me suddenly began to bother me. My kingdom is not of this world, he liked to say. Well, it all sounds very lofty, but, but this world is the only world that matters right now, Jesus. We'll worry about other worlds another time. We need a kingdom now. We want power now. At least I do. I could have asked him about these things, I guess. Asked him to explain what he meant. That's what the others would have done, I'm sure. Peter would have just blurted it out. Thomas would have moaned and groaned. (laughs) I could have asked, but for some reason I kept to myself about it it was like i wanted a reason to be mad to keep my distance to hold back It was right about then i i began stealing from the treasury i i, I don't know why i did it I, I didn't need the money we had everything we needed i i, I know how to make money I told myself it was no big deal, just a little bit. I told myself that we couldn't be sure the money was going to be used properly. Truth is, I, it was just pride. I wanted to prove to myself that I was my own man. I wasn't under anybody's spell. I wasn't bound to anybody. The darkness was, was creeping back in. And so it went for for several months. Outwardly, I was going along with things, but inwardly, I was nursing my discontent. Jesus grew more and more somber, speaking about suffering and death. The crowds grew smaller, the miracles fewer. He seemed to have some kind of a death wish. He was determined to go to Jerusalem. Even though he knew, we knew, if he made trouble there, that they they would stop at nothing to silence him. Still I went along, bided my time. There was always the chance he he would find his courage and seize the moment, but if not, if not, I had a plan. I was putting some money away. I was plotting my way out. I've been around long enough to know you always need a plan. It was just a few days ago we rode into town here and for a moment, for just a moment, it looked as though something might be happening. The city, of course, is full of pilgrims here for the Passover. Rebel spirit in the air as it always is this time of year. When they heard that that Jesus was coming, the prophet, the miracle worker from Galilee, they came out in droves to meet him. They lined the streets, waving their branches, throwing cloaks in the road. Hosanna, they said, save us. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It, it, It looked to everyone like something was about to happen. The others, they believed it all, the whole thing I could tell. They were already lining up their thrones alongside Jesus. But didn't they see what was happening? He didn't come into town on a, on a stallion, like a king coming to claim his city. He came on a donkey, the foal of a donkey, no less. He, he came in peace, in humility and, 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 and meekness. Weakness, if you ask me. That's the way it always is with Jesus. Jesus. Just when you think you know who he is and what he's about, he he does the last thing in the world you'd expect. Turns you inside out. And that's when I decided that I was done. This little insurrection was going nowhere. If the religious authorities didn't shut it down, then the Romans certainly would bring an end to it. Jesus may have been prepared to die for his cause, but, but I was not. And so I came up with a plan. I knew the authorities were looking for a way to take him. But they needed help. They would need someone on the inside. They had to take him quietly out of, out of the view of the crowd. And so the first chance I had, I slipped away from the group and went to the high priest's house. What will you give me to deliver Jesus of Nazareth, I said. They leapt at the opportunity. 30 pieces of silver, they said. 30 pieces. They sell slaves for 30 pieces. Why not a washed up rabbi? We struck a deal. And I promised to deliver him before the end of the week. And and so it was last night. We we found ourselves right here. This room at this very table. The evening began strangely. We, we had just sat down to eat, and, and Jesus got up. He, he, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he began to wash our feet, all of our feet. It's very uncomfortable, especially since we, we had just been jostling for, for the seats of honor at the table. He began with Peter, who of course said, Never, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. You'd think he would learn by now to think before he speaks. (laughs) He washed Peter's feet. And on around the table. And he came to me last, and he washed my feet. And he he seemed to linger at my feet. as as if he knew something. The the moment passed and and it was time to eat. And then Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. It was the last thing in the world anyone expected to hear around this table, at least of all me. How how, Could he know? How could he possibly know? Uh, The others looked at each other in disbelief. Surely it is not I, Lord, they all said. I had to say something. So I went along with it. Surely it is not I, Rabbi. I couldn't bring myself to to call him Lord. I never had, and I wasn't about to now. And Jesus picked up on it, I know. He always knows what's going on in your heart. There was some whispering at the table. Peter, John, Jesus, that little tight circle. I could never get into that little circle. Next thing I know, Jesus is is offering me a piece of bread dipped in the bowl. It seemed to signify something. I wasn't sure what, Till I took it. And he said to me, What you are about to do, do quickly. So he knew. He knew. I didn't know how to interpret his words. What was he daring me to do it? Or was he daring me not to do it? Giving me one last chance to, to turn, to stay at the table? Could I have stayed? Would things have been different if I had stayed at the table? but I couldn't. I had my plan. I'd made my decision, so I knew I had to act quickly. I, I dismissed myself from the table, told them I had some business to take care of. I stepped out into the night, the darkest night I've ever been in. I hustled over to the high priest's house. Get the temple guards together, I said, quickly. Jesus is on to me. The others will be too. We need to take him tonight. And make sure you have enough men. I wasn't expecting a fight, but I had seen him escape before. I knew where they were going. There's this garden on the, on the side of the Mount of Olives. It's a favorite place of his. It took us too long to get ourselves together. By the time we arrived, they were already there. As I expected, the disciples were no threat. They were sound asleep. But Jesus was ready for us. Saw us coming, in fact, and, and rose to meet us, as if he was the one in charge. He came right up to me. Greetings, friend, he said. I resented it. This was my moment. I was in charge now. Not to be outdone, I came right up to him, kissed him on the cheek. Greetings, rabbi, I said. And on my signal, the guards moved in quickly. Well, suddenly the fisherman found his courage and took a swipe with his sword. True to form, he missed his mark. Succeeded only in making a mess of things. But the guards had things in hand quickly. Jesus was bound and led away. And the disciples, all of them, they disappeared into the woods. So much for their love and loyalty. They're no better than I am. I followed them back into town. They took him first to the house of Annas where they slapped him around a bit. Then off to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, for the formal hearing. And true to form, they made a mess of things. False witnesses botched testimony. It was obvious they had paid people off to bear witness and and even they couldn't get their story straight. But it didn't matter. They weren't looking for Justice. They just needed a charge that would stick. And they found one, blasphemy. Next morning, they sent him off to the Sanhedrin for formal sentencing, just this morning. Now, the council could have done anything they wanted with him. They could have given him a beating he would never forget. They could have locked him away for a good long time. But that wasn't enough for them. They wanted vengeance. They wanted blood. So they decided to send him to Pilate. Suddenly I realized what was happening. They wanted a death sentence. They wanted crucifixion. As soon as they would let him out of the room, I, I burst into the room. What have you done? I said. You've made me a sinner. I've betrayed innocent blood. Whatever this Jesus was, he was not a criminal. He didn't deserve this. What is that to us, they said, laughing in my face. You deal with it. I took those 30 pieces and threw it across the floor at them. Take your money. They just laughed. Confound them. Confound him. Confound all of us for what we have done. And so here I am back in this room, where last night I made a fateful decision, and where tonight I must make another one. What would you have me do? Go back to him now? You you hear what's happening? They're they're taking him to, to Golgotha right now. What am I to do? Go throw myself at the foot of his cross, begging for mercy? After all this time, admit that he was right? Don't you see all I have left is my pride, my dignity, my freedom to choose? No, I I have a plan. To many, it's an unthinkable plan, but, but it is my plan. What you are about to do, do quickly. He said to me last night. Is that what he's saying to me again? Is he daring me again to do the unthinkable? Or is he daring me not to? Giving me one more chance to turn, to believe that somewhere in all of this there's good news for a sinner like me. If only I could believe that. If only that could be true. not in the world I live in. I know what I must do, and I'll do it quickly.